guys. We are on chapter 11 of uh, the Bible study for my book, The One Thing You Need to Know About God. So thanks for uh, tuning in here. Hope you guys are enjoying the book. Um, this chapter is titled uh, God's Character Equals Contentment. So um, this is going to be one of the longer messages. Um, this is, is, again, one of my favorite chapters of the book and a uh, big thing that helped me with my relationship with God and living the Christian life, okay? So let me uh, preface this by saying, first and foremost, I'm not against uh, money or having good things, okay? I just know that God doesn't want those things to have us. Um, you know, when you start talking about contentment, people might say like, well, do you not have any goals in life? Are you not motivated? You know, you're just lazy. Um, so I just want to help people understand that's not the case with me. Um, you know, if you want to talk about my hard work, I put it in the book, but I mean, I'm in sales. Um, you know, I worked full time while going to college. I've had, you know, multiple jobs at, at a time, several times in my life. Um, you know, one random study, uh, effort study that my sales manager did with us. Um, one time I had like 400 calls and the next person had only like, um, you know, not even, or close to a hundred, not, not much farther over a hundred. So I'm just saying, um, I'm definitely a hustler. People that know me would, uh, would say that I'm a go-getter, however you want to say it. So the point is I'm not lazy. That's not, that's not the reason behind this message. Okay. Um, I went into, so this, this kind of series was from, um, one that I titled the hunger games. It was from, uh, um, the Hunger Game definition that Bertie Britz talked about in one of his books. And uh, that was, you know, the fact where it's like, it's a place where, you know, we make use of principles, legalism, or any good thing we need to do in order to produce the life of God. Um, many churches, you know, keep people under their power by keeping them hungry. They never really set, um, uh, preach them a message or give them the sustenance to be satisfied they always keep them hungry and they do that by um you know a, a number of different ways but it leads to dissatisfaction and and them just saying like well you know if you just work this principle and if you can uh, do these good things then you'll have the life of god and the way you can do that is to keep coming to my church and keep giving me money <laughs> okay so if if you haven't experienced this um just know that it goes on out there i mean i don't, I don't know that it's prevalent but um, obviously money is um, a very sensitive topic for a lot of people. And um, I think it's something that we need to talk about. And, and again, something that I wanted to address here in this chapter. Okay. So, um, you know, we tend to get sucked into listening to messages about the secret to getting this or the five steps to getting this. We hear a lot of that kind of stuff, right? Now, you know, if that's in the business world. I, I totally understand that. I'm just saying from a Christian perspective, those kind of messages, first of all, are, are pretty self-centered type things where you're just out to get stuff for yourself. But also um, just understand that like that whole gain is godliness mentality really um, can have a really bad detrimental effect on your relationship with God um, because now you're, you're all about, again, just striving to get things. And it also has an effect on your relationship with others because now, you know, and, and I, like I said, I can only speak for myself, but this was my experience um, was, you know, you start to put the people who have money like on this pedestal and it's like, wow, they've made it. They've worked the principles of God. Like, let me understand more about these people. 
and um, and and you also start to have kind of a, a bad opinion about people that don't have money, and you kind of think to yourselves, well, um, I don't need to help them anymore because they're they're out of their own disobedience. Okay, so I'm just saying, man. I mean, this this kind of stuff can happen. Um, it's been my experience, and again, I just want to try to combat that with uh, a little bit of what we're talking about here. Um, so again, you know, it's like the gospel no longer becomes about relationship with God. It's about kind of a means to the American dream. Okay, that is not the gospel, man. Okay, um, again, good things will come, and it's okay, but that's not the goal. Okay. And we should never lose focus of it being about the, our relationship with God. So, you know, contentment will save you from this treadmill type lifestyle. And, um, you know, constantly thinking about how you can strive to get more. It allows you to enjoy where you're at while you get where you're going. You know, that's a phrase that I use a lot. But, I mean, that's important. I mean, if you're just living a life full of unrelenting disappointment, obviously it's not cool. And you're going to try to find whatever other way you can to... To get out of it right so um contentment comes from having a, a revelation getting a revelation of what you already have in christ okay so that's kind of you know, like i've been talking about one of the main things that i want to be a result of you know we're coming to the end of this part two where we're talking about god's character I'm, i hope that you guys can understand and see and start to get a revelation of this contentment that you can have in christ regardless of what's going on around you regardless of what you do what you have or what's happening to you okay so um it saves you from it you know and f for one other thing that i wanted to mention too is sometimes people will say well gosh you know if we don't talk about how people should be giving money or doing these things like how is it ever going to happen isn't it's in that naive to think that you know you uh you're, you're going to be able to build a church without talking about that i would just to that i would just say this you know you know, all you need to do is give people up to be compelled by the love of God, okay? God is obsessed with people. He will reach them. He has the ability to, and he wants to build his church, okay? So you don't have to try to persuade people or try to manipulate people by fear or whatever else it is. You know, just give people up to be compelled by the love of God. That's it, okay? It's very simple, all right? So a few uh, things to kind of close it out. Um, in part two of the series, I talked about the definition of evil, which coincides with this. You might not think it does, you know, based on our traditional definition of evil, but the definition of evil, that word in the original language in the Bible is almost always paneros. And that word means to be full of labors and toils. Okay, to be full of labors and toils. That's what evil means, okay? All right, so think about that and how that relates to what I'm talking about here. And then, you know, the the saying that a lot of people have, they, or they say is uh, a common phrase, money is the root of all evil. And that's actually, it's in the Bible, but that's not exactly how it goes. It's the love of money is the root of all evil, okay? You know, I gave the example of money being like a knife. So... You can use a knife to cut up food for the poor, or you can use it to stab somebody in the back. It's not that there's anything wrong with the knife. It's the person and the heart behind the person who's using it. Okay, same with money. There's nothing wrong with money. It's neutral, but it depends on the heart of the person who has it. Okay, so um, that's what you want to focus on there. And then I ended with the uh, 
the meaning of the phrase agapu or agapau. Not exactly sure how uh, how the you um, you say it, but that's you know rooted from the word agape. You know, a lot of Christians know about the agape love of God. It's you know the deepest love uh, that you, that one can have. And um, if you break that word down, a lot of scholars believe that that word is rooted in agu, which is or ago. Um, meaning to lead, and then apau, meaning uh, uh, rest. So it's it's rooted in like a shepherd who leads you into rest. Okay. So again, for those who feel that like rest is is lazy or um, not something that that you should do or be talking about, um, I feel like that word kind of shows us about God's heart for us and, and what he wants to do. He wants us to, to lead us into rest, okay? So that we can have peace and contentment and joy in our lives and we don't have to constantly be striving for these things. Amen? All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks again for stopping by. Hope you have some good uh, discussions with your groups or amongst yourself uh, with uh, the questions there on the study guide. Let me know if uh, there's anything else I can do to help. And I hope you have a good one. All right, peace.